you've almost been my daughter for 50 years. I said, yep. And he goes, and you know what? That will never change. I don't care who it is. You'll always be my daughter. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 84. Today I am speaking with Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Lily. Nice to hear your voice today. Nice to hear yours, and thank you ever, ever so kindly for allowing us to share our story and you sharing yours as well, Lily. When, and we were saying you and I have a special kinship because we both had our worlds rocked in April of 2019. Yes, ma'am. That is, I think so many of us have our date of finding out uh, forever in our memories, and we are both April 2019 babies. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And Karen, I should just mention at the beginning, I don't know if I told you this, but I, the reason the wait was so long to speak with you was because I everyone that emails I put on a a waiting list and it sometimes when it's like 30 people long and I do one person a week, it takes, you know, like six months till I finally get to hear the story. So I'm, you know, sorry about the wait, but thank you for still being willing six months later to share your story. Well worth the wait to be able to share and hear others with these stories that you put out there for all of us. It's such a part of the healing. It, I know it is. I get so much out of listening to them. Yes. Today we are going to listen to your story. So why don't you go ahead and start from the beginning and tell me what your original family was like and what your childhood was like? It began, actually, tomorrow is my birthday. I'll be 61. Thank you, Lord. Oh, happy um, birthday. Thank you. It began, I was born in uh, Washington, D.C. I'm a fifth generation Washingtonian. We lived there, oh, probably the first five years of my life and then moved on to Arlington, Virginia. was raised about a half a mile from the Pentagon. I had, initially, <laughs> I had a full sister who became a half-sister, but still feels doubly full. Um, my parents, my mom uh, was worked for United Airlines at of what used to be National Airport. Vibrant, loving, wonderful, wonderful mother. Her personality was radiant. My my dad, I knew as my dad all of my life, was a hard, hard worker as well. My sister and I grew up, and I always felt that, as I knew her as my full sister at the time, 
growing up until I found out in 2019. I always felt like my sister and I were two ships passing in the night. I felt like in the home, I felt like an only child. Never blamed her at all. I just assumed that I had my mom's personality that would talk to anyone and loved the world. And then my dad was, now I know his birth certificate dad, was very reserved, fabulous, fabulous provider. Wasn't one to show love, but his providing was wonderful. And my sister was that way as well. And to this day, she is that way. She's kind of to herself. But I just, I tried as a little girl to try to get a grasp on and keeping it all inside. Why are we so different? And my cousins used to tease me all the time and say, where did you get that fuzzy, curly, big hair? Where did you get those bigger lips? And I said, I have no idea. I kind of asked myself. We just cracked up laughing like little kids went on playing in the dirt. <sighs> my mother was growing up. My mother was an alcoholic, strictly a beer drinker. And she worked really, really hard all her life. Um, that's all I know of her growing up is to work hard but punch that clock and come home and 12 Budweiser were her best friend. It never took away from the love that she showed me. I can remember being 28 and no matter what I was treated, I felt extra special. Aside from the addiction she had, she went through some pain medicine addiction she went through drinking all after getting off work. I still loved her, and I loved her. I love her to this day unconditionally, no matter what. Mm. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything she could have done wrong that I wouldn't love her so deeply. Um, my dad, which is now birth certificate father, the dad that raised me, he was my strong man. He was my stronghold. I could do anything. I could sail. I could do anything. He made me feel strong. Then there was mom. I never wanted to leave her side as a kid. My sister that I was very different from would just kind of meander away and go play like a normal child would. I could never leave mom's side. I was always protective of her. She's drinking. She's going to harm herself. Maybe she'll take too many pills. She'll harm herself. I'm still a worrier to this day. I basically have the personality of my glass is always half full, optimistic. No matter what the Lord hands me, I will deal with it. I will deal with it. Doesn't stop me from crying and going through all the regular emotions. I shouldn't even use the word regular. The emotions that MPs go through, the grieving, the trying to heal. But my mother, she, uh, let me just fast forward a tad. 
about 14 years old. My, We were in my living room, and my dad was kind of meandering around the house. He wasn't right present, but I knew he wasn't too, too far away. Mom had probably her sixth Budweiser, and oh boy, oh boy, was she speaking the truth, and boy, oh boy, did I say, you better stop telling tales. Are you mad at my dad? Why would you say she told me another man was my father? How dare you, I said to her. How dare you? She goes, Karen, I'm just telling you. I said, my dad is somewhere in the other room. Do not let him hear this. 14, middle school, junior high, like, hush. I was so infuriated with her. And she goes, Karen, I'm just telling you, there's a man by, he's long deceased, but there's a man by, I'll call him D. Miller. He may be your dad, Karen. And I'm like, yeah, okay, mom, whatever. What a crush. You never got over. Okay, mom. I let it go. Then, somewhere along the line, I heard my mom's mother, my grandmother, and my mother talking. And I remember so clearly, I, I pardon me, I have to go back to 11 years old. I'm so sorry. I was in the kitchen. And my grandmother and my mother were out in my grandmother's living room. And my grandmother says, Audrey, you really need to tell Karen who her father is. I froze in the kitchen because I didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. I was always available with my ears. And I just kind of stood there like, what? And my mother said, Mama, hush your mouth. It was like that teeth gritting. She meant it. And that was it. And I thought, I did not just hear this. Now, going back to 11, I I kind of just meandered, didn't think too much about it. Then 14 comes around. So I, of course, as I had said earlier, I got a little angry with mom for ever telling me that some other man was my dad. Yeah. And I did turn to her at that time and I said, okay, mom. Yeah, sure. Have another beer. And I just let it go. I let it go. And then through the years, mom would say with this big question mark overhead, but she was, she was very open with me. And then, you know, when you go to bed at night and you sit there and your brain stews and you're thinking, if that's your time to think like, wait a minute, she was, she was trying to tell me, she was, but I, was, I lay there and I think, and she said so many times, Taryn, I don't know why you're reading the horoscope for Taurus as a May baby, you should have been a Gemini, and I thought, why, mom, my birthday's May 17th, I'm clearly a Taurus, she goes, I don't know, you have a lot more traits of a Gemini. The doctor told me your due date was June 16th. And I said, well, all I know is I'm stubborn like a Taurus, so I've got to be a Taurus. <laughs> just little things that just come back to you. And it's like, wow. Well, little did our mothers, so to speak, know. Yeah, I was born May 
17th, but she didn't quite put out there like even further. I mean, she, there was little drops, little hints, but back then I think she still was, of course, like a lot of us without DNA testing being available to us, like, well, don't want to say too much more just in case birth certificate father is or isn't. I am a May 17th baby. She just probably kind of got together with that handsome lad, that charmer. A month before, she slept with my birth certificate father, and they had already been married eight years. So while my mom was stepping out with her charming self, I'm to gather through my research that maybe they were temporarily living apart. Can't swear to it. But I I got all of my dad's um, military records. I acquired his death certificate. And I've become a genealogy hobbyist, if you will. So mm-hmm. I search, search, search. This is the new me. Accept it. Find out what you can find out. You know, I've been very open about it on my Facebook. Trying to heal. So with that being said, I found out who my dad was through DNA with my half-sister. I also found a first cousin. And I'm like, hmm, I know all my cousins. We all grew up together playing in the dirt. Now this is a stray. So I contacted her. I'll use her name. She's a sweetheart. She's wide open as me. So Julie, Julie got back in touch with me after I contacted her on Ancestor. And she called me the, I believe it was the next morning. She was returning from a vacation. And she said, hi, Karen. This is Julie. I'm like, you know what's so weird? As soon as she opened her mouth, I thought, yep, we're related. She goes, hi, Karen. This is Julie. I go, hi, Julie. This is Karen. And she sa- I said, Julie, you're my first cousin. How are you my first cousin? She said, well, I don't know. I said, okay, Julie, what's your dad? I just like came right out. I said, okay, Julie, what's your dad's name? She gave me her dad's name. And I'm like, nope, doesn't sound familiar. I says, dad have any brothers? She goes, yeah, dad has one brother. And I go, well, what's his name? She goes, his name's D Miller. I won't say his name. It doesn't matter. God bless his rest of soul. Soul he's gone. And I said, bingo. That's exactly how I said. I said, bingo. That's my dad. And she says, really? Tell me more. You know, we've Mm -hmm. been like thick as thieves ever since. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I kind of laughed and joked about it at first. Then, you know, my son, coincidentally, is a paramedic and he was just coming off of duty and he was coming by to see me that morning. And it was so, um, I say amazing, but he had walked in and I had gotten off the phone with Julie and I like fell in his arms crying. He goes, Mama, what's wrong? And I said, my daddy is not my daddy. He goes, whoa, wait, what, Mom? And I said, I have another daddy. I have two daddies. And he goes, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, so you got another grandfather too. And I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And they all know now. And some of them have medical problems, my three children. And it all makes sense now. 
uh, after obtaining records, meeting my Miller family. My father has two twin sisters that are just absolutely positively incredible. And they're my little go-tos. I've really bonded with them. My family has bonded with them. My cousin Julie and I have bonded. And I just got a new bracelet in the mail yesterday. And it from Julie, it says, for my birthday, it says, family, love, faith, always. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I've just been, you know, I. it's been a journey. Of course, it's been a journey. I've had my highs. I've had my lows. When my bio dads, sisters, I found them. I searched them out that journey. I'm, I have six half, six other half siblings. Um, I met them maybe a month and a half after I found them and they walked in my home and we embraced. And it was like, where, where have y'all been all my life? Because Mm -hmm. I know we're related. We have to be. But then, unfortunately, my half-brother, Brian, um, he suddenly passed away from pancreatic cancer, Mm -hmm. and we cried about it. And he's like, sis, I can't go. I just found you. And I said, it's going to be okay, Brian. You know why? Because I got... my two aunts, they're my mini me's too. And the Lord is with you, brother. I promise you, the Lord is with you. He'll see us all through this. And he goes, I just want you to know, and I've told you so many times, our brother Dwight, you're a carbon copy of him. Then I got all of his pictures and I just felt so much a part of. Um, unfortunately, Dwight in 96 committed suicide, um, didn't get a chance to meet him. My mother, when I was eight years old, um, heard some ruckus in the living room. It was like two in the morning when I was little and I came rushing out. My sister slept through it. I came rushing out and my mom was convulsing in the middle of the floor with my my birth certificate father over top of her holding a spoon to her mouth and I said dad what's wrong with mom he said Karen she took sleeping pills I've already called the police department back then it wasn't 911 I called the police department the medics are on their way and I ran across the street to the neighbor crying and I've thought a lot about that like why was she why was she so sad that she would do such a thing? You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I went through the alcoholism with her, and I did not, did, did, did not like her. I loved her, but I did not like her. It was a rough childhood. Um, oh, I hate this. My mother, at my birth certificate's father's hand, we're having relations with my mother's own nephew. I witnessed that. But mm-hmm. it's always when alcohol was involved. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad was never a drinker. The dad that my birth certificate father was never a drinker. So I crushed it. I kept it all inside. 
my sister never paid attention. Maybe I paid attention a little bit too much. Sometimes I'm very, very glad that I paid attention. It made me the worrier that I am today. And, you know, my birth certificate father always told me this, and I kind of never got over it. He said, Karen, you know why your mom named you Karen, right? I said, probably because it was a common name in the 60s, Dad. He said, nope, I've learned why. I said, well, what'd you learn, Dad? He goes, because you're so Karen. And I said, yeah, you're not kidding, Dad. I said, it's exhausting. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. But I often wondered why Mom did that. I never asked. And I always thought maybe she was sad inside about what she thought maybe my dad. I don't know. I don't know. She was she was extra special. She treated me extra special. My mom died at 57 years old of COPD. My biological father died at 66 of COPD. He was a military man, strikingly handsome, strikingly handsome. I'm kind of partial, um, even though the schmuck kind of just like went away. But that's okay. It's okay. Everything for a reason. I just haven't figured it out. But it's okay. I I do have a lovely half-sister. Um, well, I have two lovely half-sisters. But the half-sister that I just met in 19, peas in a pod, peas in a pod. It just, <laughs> peas in a pod. I think we could spend our whole day just hugging and telling each other how special we are to each other. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> but it's great, you know. My kids have have done very well. Um, they know I just put it out there. I'm an open mm-hmm. book. Uh, my aunts, when I talk to them, guess what? Guess what, honey? I went to dentist today. Me and your aunt, Donna, we went to dentist today. We told the dentist all about our story. Oh, we went to, we went to the grocery store today. Guess what, honey? We told them all about you finding us. It's just, and I'm the same way. I'm like, got a minute? (laughs) You know, I want to, it's okay. It is okay. We have our cry times. I mean, the first time I found out, whoa, here I go back again, hamster on a wheel. The first time I found out, um, about a week later, I got a picture, the first picture of my dad in the mailbox. I live in a cabin nestled in the woods. So I had to drive up to the mailbox. I got this envelope out with her fancy writing all over it. And she looked old school. She kissed the envelope. How cute. And I opened opened it and it was a picture of my father. I bawled like a baby seeing my reflection. It was like, whoa, this is incredible. And then I, you know, I looked, I go, God, at least he's not butt ugly. At least he's cute. He's handsome. I'm just, you know, always trying to see that shiny, shiny moment. And, but do you know, later that evening, paramedics were called. I took a, I I, I had to bring in the ambulance. I had the very worst, a panic attack of my life. Because it had all just washed over me. And it's interesting because when the paramedic came, he said, 
do you have anxiety attacks? I said, yes, sir, I do. And I said, this is a, this is a butte though. This is about the biggest one I've ever had. And he goes, have you had a stressful day? And I said, yeah. And it was almost like I didn't want to share because I felt so bad. I was just really like in a panic, like listless. And he goes, can you share with me or no? What happened today? And I said, you know what? Thanks for asking. I said, I just found out that my dad that raised me for 58 years, he's since passed away. I just found out that he's not my biological father. He sat on the edge of that love seat and he goes, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. Whatever takes focus off me. I said, sure. And he says, I found out the same thing too. I said, really? We sat there and talked about it. And he just relieved my mind. And I said, how uncanny is this? And he goes, "I let me just say, I won't keep talking about me, but I understand. And it was like a weight came off my chest when he said that. It was almost like that's what I needed when I needed it the most at that point. In 2010, oh boy, I said to my birth certificate father. He now has passed away. In 2016, he passed away. Um, but I did say to dad around my fifth, 50th birthday in 2010, I said, my dad, the tough guy, the strong man, birth certificate father, if you will. I said, dad, I called him. He goes, oh, it's Chatty Kathy. I said, hey, dad. I said, I got a question for you out of the blue. He goes, what's that? I said, Dad, I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time. I said, I'm going to ask you. You're a tough guy. You could take it, Dad. And he goes, well, give it to me. I said, Dad, I feel like you're not my biological father. He said, hmm, what would make you think that? And I said, well, Dad... You know, I have several medical problems like arthritis since I was young that's just running rampant through me, which is very unusual. I have a couple other things you and mom never had, to my knowledge, because Lord knows I interviewed them all. Like, what's wrong with you guys? You know, you okay? You happy? You sad? And he said, again, hmm. I said, Dad, let me just put the name out there. I'm going to say his name. Does Dwight Miller ring a bell, Dad? He goes, vaguely. Guy from Maryland. And I said, Dad, I think he's my father, my bio father. He just comes right back and he says, well, you know what, Karen? Ain't no telling. It could be any of them because when your mom popped the Budweiser open, she loved them all. And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, but dad, I do believe that Dwight Miller is my dad. I said, I'm going to say mom dropped his name when I was younger. And he goes, well, I'm forgetful. He goes, I'm not good with birthdays and numbers. When did you say your birthday is? And I started laughing because that's typical of him. I said, May 17, 1960, dad. He goes, so let's see. 
you've almost been my daughter for 50 years. I said, yep. And he goes, and you know what? That will never change. I don't care who it is. You'll always be my daughter. And I said, I know, Dad. I said, you're such a tough guy. You know, just thanks for letting me bear my soul. He goes, well, it took you long enough. I'm like, I, Dad, I, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody. And he goes, wow, you kept that in a while. I said, and anyway, we kind of laughed about it. He, You know, and I said, yeah. He goes, you got anything else to share? And I said, no, we're good. I said, I just, I've always known. I've always, he goes, no surprise, Karen, none whatsoever. And he goes, but you know what? It changes nothing. And then as a result, you know, when he died in 2016, of course, I didn't, I didn't have the facts. We went down where he wanted to go and he was cremated and we went down to this beautiful river where he lived years prior before retiring to Florida. And I just took the bull by the horns and I read his eulogy. Everybody, it's all come together. This is before I knew. And it wouldn't have mattered. I'd still read his eulogy today and have. I said, everybody gather. We came together, went down there. I have a beautiful picture of what I thought at that time was my full sister and I on the dock letting his ashes spread across the lake, reading his eulogy. It's funny, my half-sister I grew up with, she's like, she's never been like, a lo- like I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, and in your face, and just, mm-hmm. she's never been like that. And, I, you know, when I'd see my dad, and I'm like, you know, you're a pretty tough guy. I said, I'm going to kiss you. He goes, you haven't even kissed me on my cheek, even on your graduation night from high school. And you're going to kiss me on my cheek? I said, well, I'm shy. He goes, you're far from shy. I said, "Um, how about I'm just not used to you yet? It was funny. I go, I'm not used to you yet. And I think that's because our personalities were so different. And he was, to me, the, the tough guy. I say tough guy like nothing. I mean, nothing can stop this man. It's like whatever is handed to him. Even a little friend when I was little, she didn't have any clothes. She didn't have any shoes. And my parents went to went to Tom McCann and they bought her shoes and they fed her. If 10 of us, Lily, walked on the doorstep of my parents, they would clothe us. They would feed us and say, you're welcome to come on in. Dysfunction or not, they still mm-hmm. so loved the world. Mm-hmm. They you know, and I guess that's what got me through all that, that I'm just able to be, uh, I feel very blessed that I'm able to be outward about everything. And I know how hard it is for some people to keep, well, listen to me, if that ain't whistling Dixie, I kept it in all my life. But now, it, Lily, it's, it's like this sudden sense of just, it's not your shame. You're not the child out of wedlock. You really aren't. You know, mm-hmm. you're here. Cliche as it may sound, you are here for a reason. And I'm going to embrace it. Embrace it. I'm going to embrace my children. I'm going to I'm going to embrace the world if I can. You know, we all have a journey. We all have a story. I so enjoy listening to all of your stories, you know, your podcast, 
share their stories. It's just so soothing. We're not alone in this. Karen, if people want to get in touch with you personally, could they do that? Absolutely, Lily. What is the best way for them to contact you? They can contact me through my email, and that would be Karen M. is in Mary, 5176 at yahoo.com. I'm really drawn to such loving women. You just radiate love. You really do. I mean, you you talk about the dysfunction you were growing up with, but you just radiate so much love. So thank you. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and our NP families. Mm. Thank you so much, Karen, for sharing your story today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us. Mm